0: allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. It is a pre-Friday celebration. One of the greatest days of the entire week as we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We can see you getting prepared for the weekend. That's what we're all about here. Working hard and playing hard. It's all about... Promoting the message. Welcome into the show. This is the Voice Reason I'm Amy the Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station, all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. We have another great program lined up for you. Bottom of the hour, Michael Beatrice. We've had him on the show a few times before. He is the author of two books, COVID 19 Lockdown on Trial. And COVID-19, the science versus the lockdown. So we'll talk with him about the latest. We'll talk about the mask mandates ending in flights along with Lyft and Ubers. We'll also talk about some of the pushes still to try and ram through some vaccine mandates in different parts of the country. So we'll get to all that and more throughout the program today. I noticed today's kind of a day of rage, and I don't know why. There's a lot of really angry people out there just really lashing out. I'm a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. I kind of go with the flow, and not a whole lot of things get me worked up. There's a few things, obviously, get me all fired up, start, you know, cursing under my breath sort of thing, but there's very few things that actually get me really fired up. But today's just a day of rage, especially on the left side of the aisle. They despise any dialogue from the other side. In their perfect utopia, man, they wouldn't want any conservatives to even exist. They don't want any difference of ideas. They don't want anybody actually contradicting what they think. They don't even want someone challenging or asking questions. Just shut up, get in line, and do what you're told. And it's honestly kind of sad that anyone would want to live that way. First and foremost, show of hands, anybody paying attention to the Johnny Depp case right now? No? Anybody? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing it on my newsfeed, I got to admit, the news is talking about it. I get on social media. They had the live feed of him testifying. They everything that he says, they come out with a new story and an article that posts all over the place of Johnny Depp said that he bought cocaine from Marilyn Manson's uh, promoter or something like I don't don't care. He's a Hollywood elite and I really don't give a crap. And the fact that he's in a 50 million dollar defamation suit against his ex-wife because of abuse and things that she wrote about him without actually naming him, I just don't care. I don't care, and I'm what I am fascinated about with the entire thing, and then we'll move on because I want to give this as little amount of time as possible. The only thing that I find intriguing about this case is why the elites and the progressives are even halfway paying attention to it, because obviously, as a liberal, crazy elite left wingers that they are in Hollywood, that they would automatically, which of course, which makes total sense, why he's trying to prove that he was being the one abused by his girlfriend, because yeah, guys can't be abused. I have my personal opinion on that. I think that he should have just like you know walked away or something instead of just trying to stick with her and not actually have her abusing him and not actually having her cut his the tip of his fingers off or whatever he was trying to claim. I, I, I you would just walk away at that point. Why in the world would you stick with that? But it does really show the liberal elites in Hollywood where they're more concerned about just openly just automatically. Defending the girl and the woman with the hashtag me too movement and blaming him and pawning him off to be some crazy abuser. And then he's out here saying, wait, I was the one actually being abused. He was yelling at me. He has audio tapes of her, like just berating him. He's got different evidence of different videos of her, like cheating on him. Again, I don't care. I just find it intriguing. Hollywood, you're supposed to listen to everybody, aren't you? But no, now Disney, who he said he would never work for again, even with the Pirates of the Caribbean, would never work for them because they stopped using him because they thought he was an abuser after the stuff that she wrote about him, even though he was the one being abused. Hashtag me too, baby. Who cares about what the guy says? It's all about what the woman thinks. And that's the most important issue. That's so all I have to say about it. I think it's extremely dumb because for most people, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? <laughs> I think that's where most people stand on the issue. On a fun note, on a little bit lighter, a lighthearted new, but yet still the rage from the left. Again, they don't like dialogue. They don't like getting along. It's personal for them. We agree uh, disagree with Democrats we despise what progressives think but we don't hate them as a human being. I know a lot of Democrats that are friends we spar on politics we give each other a good time we give each other a hard time we you know make little zingers at each other then we pet each other on the back and go about our business because we understand that politics although can be all the way down to the core moral values and nature of how we live our life at the end of the day you can still get along with people. you can still like you know have be friends and you know get along. Apparently, the left—they take it so personal. You can't have fun even in a non-political environment, according to the New York Post. Now, I—I I, oh, the show's okay. Little voice of reason. She's about ready to turn eight. She loves the show, The Masked Singer. Absolutely loves it. Every time we watch a show, when we watch you know TV or something, hey, Dana, can we watch The Masked Singer? And I got to admit, I'm terrible at guessing the people. I—it's kind of a dumb show, personally, but she loves it. Rudy Giuliani made an appearance on The Masked Singer, and boy, did it cause some issues with one of the judges and some people in the crowd. <laughs> Ladies
1: and gentlemen, put your hands together for Rudy Giuliani! All right. I broke a thousand hearts before I met you. And I'm done. I'll break a thousand more, baby, before I am through
0: okay so he was one of the early ones to go because obviously he doesn't have a voice and can't sing and but yeah it, you know good for him he went on he tried to do a little publicity thing tried to you know step out of his comfort zone and do a show not based on politics but based on entertainment and for those that don't know what the mask singer is uh, different celebrities they've had different people from uh I'm trying to think I don't even know they've had singers real legitimate singers on there they've had actors on there they've had uh it's uh, different just random celebrities. And then other celebrities or judges, and they try and guess who they are. And then people vote on how they liked it or disliked it. And then the loser, they have to guess it before they reveal themselves. Well, Rudy Giuliani was on the show and apparently didn't get any love from one of the judges, who's kind of an idiot anyways, Ken Jong, Is that his name? He's the, uh, the Asian guy from The Hangover. The guy that was in the trunk, and you know, he just kind of he was like the least favorite character of mine in the movie The Hangover. Hangover was a great movie. He was my least favorite. He was just the annoying guy. I did not like him. Well, he's a judge on there, apparently a crazy left-winger. And if you heard in that clip, as he revealed himself as Rudy Giuliani and as he sang his last song to depart the show, Ken Jong says, I'm done blowing it off, walking out of the auditorium and leaves the show because he despises Rudy Giuliani so terribly much.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Rudy Giuliani. All right. I broke a thousand hearts before I met you. And
0: I'm done. I'm done. I'll break a
1: thousand more, baby, before I am through.
0: Now. Again, you can think, Andy, well, he's, you know, lost his mind. He was promoting President Donald Trump with the, uh, you know, with the voter fraud stuff, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? This is a Fox show that is about singing in a ridiculously stupid costume for people to joke about and have fun with and laugh about and try and guess who they are. It's a non-political environment all the way around. I think politicians can go on a show like that and have a little fun. But the left raged. I'm going to call today Rage Thursday because there's a few different articles I want to get to here about the absolute rage outside of the stupid Johnny Jepp uh, case that no one really gives a crap about uh, where there's a lot of rage going on there. Ken Junk can't stand the fact that a guy who defended Donald Trump is on a celebrity show singing and he has to walk off stage. What a difference, man. Again, the difference between Republicans that are like, I disagree with where you stand. I hate your philosophy on life, but yet we can still get along because it's nothing personal. You know, all the best to you and your family. And Democrats who are like, I really hope that you, Tony Snow, former White House communications director for the Bush administration, who died from brain cancer. I hope you die of terrible death. I want Donald Trump to die. I want Donald Trump's kids to die. I want Melania to be attacked, and so on and so forth. The hatred that comes from the left, the rage is just out of this world to where they don't even become coherent and they don't even have a rational bone in their body any longer it's really sad i mean if i were a judge on the show and barack obama or bernie sanders came on the program bernie sanders came on and obviously i could guess that he probably has the singing voice of comparable to like really rudy giuliani i would maybe make a joke of saying like hey you know what you're singing as bad as your liberal progressive policies haha <laughs> See, that would be what we call a joke. It would be lighthearted. It would be fun. We could all joke about it. They would get mad at me with the roid rage and the and the policy rage from, like, Hollywood and different people that enjoy that stuff. But it would be done. It would be over. But I wouldn't wish him ill, and I shouldn't. certainly wouldn't walk off a TV set because he's actually on it. It's stupid. Then you have the big kahuna. And I mean the big Is Donald Trump used to say, this one was bigly. Donald Trump sat down with an interview with Pierce Morgan, who's a who's going to be released on Monday, I believe, on the twenty-fifth, and ended up apparently walking off the set, giving the media exactly the promotion that they wanted to be able to promote the interview of how Donald Trump has so much rage in him that he had to get up and walk off the set, and they turned it into a promo that almost looked like the promo to a UFC fight.
1: Okay, Piers, I'm ready.
0: A former president in denial. I'll
1: be completely straight with you to your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really?
0: Yeah. It was a free and fair match. You lost. Only a fool would think You that. think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay, with respect. The legislature. the
1: hard evidence. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. I just, I'm,
0: I'm not like very dishonest.
1: To... Let's finish up the
0: interview. Morgan versus Turn Trump. Turn the camera off. Very
1: dishonest. Only on Talk <laughs> TV.
0: <laughs> Only on Talk TV. Uh, so there it is. Turn off the camera. We're done. I don't want this anymore. No. I'd like to ask you how many times that uh, a Democrat has walked off the set because they don't like the questions. We just had one with... Really? uh, The governor's race in Virginia, didn't we? Lee had him walking off. He he couldn't take the questions. He didn't like the heat. He got frustrated and walking off. But Donald Trump, the former president, when they pressed him, again, because the media's ratings are down, they're trying to find a way to boost their ratings a little bit, and the only way they know how to do that is to find the absolute spewing hatred on Donald Trump and just bring Donald Trump back into the news. If you heard that promo, that sounded like a UFC fight promotion coming up in the red corner. I mean, they had to—now, Donald Trump obviously didn't raise his voice in any of that. If you heard the little—it was kind of hard with the music really loud, but you could hear it like uh, just Pierce Morgan looking to pick a fight looking to pick a fight. We don't want to talk about the fact that we have illegal immigration up, that we have inflation at 8.5%. We don't want to talk about any of these major policies. No, we want to talk to you, Donald Trump, on why you still think the election was fraudulent and stolen from you and how dare you even think of that. And because you got upset and said that I was a fraud or you didn't trust me and you walked off my set as an interviewee, we're now going to promote it as Donald Trump's rage boils over. Come on, man. Come on. Drive me absolutely nuts. The Rage Thursday is what this is all about because the left, they've lost their minds. They cannot understand how even with all the crap going on in the world right now, with all the devastating Policies that they've created that put so many people under pressure that's destroying so many people's lives and businessmen. They don't understand and grasp the concept that people are angry and don't like what they're doing. And to a Democrat who still has to take classes to try and relate to their constituents like Hillary Clinton did back in her election for president against Donald Trump in the first round, they don't relate, they don't understand, so when they do something... To them, it's not, let's change course for public opinion, let's ram it down the throat until people actually get on board with it, and it's not working. It's failing. And when you want to get people to start paying attention to the media again, you do an interview with Donald Trump, you poke his buttons, you press him until he just gets angry and he walks off, and then the rage of Trump is released, and we're going to show you how unhinged he is trying to kill any opportunity of him running for president in 2024 again. It's going to be a fun show. We got a lot to talk about. Stay here on the Voice of Reason for a pre-Friday celebration. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. You know, I find trends interesting in society and culture and politics. I love watching the flow, the ebb and flow of different trends and... I want to bring you back to the 1960s, 1970s. Remember the progressive movement? Now, I wasn't alive at that time. Again, I'm a millennial. I'm 33 years old, so I didn't get to experience that. And I almost say thank God for it (laughs) as well. I I don't know that I could deal. But remember the movement of the quote-unquote Democrats, the progressives, the ones that were like, you know, peace and love and end the war and just, oh, why can't we all just get along and uh, holding hands and singing kumbaya? That was the message of the quote-unquote message of the Democrats at the time. It's kind of changed because now those people who, by the way, were the anti-establishment and we don't want the system and fight the system, you know, the the rage against the machine. If anybody knows that rock slash punk band, I'm not a big fan, but uh, they're their rage against the machine. That was the mindset from them. Now they're the ones in control and they love the centralized power. They love being able to tell you what to do and they love the rage to tell you either you get along with what we do or we will silence you. That is the Clinton movement. That is the Obama movement. That is the Biden movement. That is the general platform of the Democrats. We will do what we will. You will go along with it, and you will like it, and if not, we will shut you down and destroy you. That is the mantra of the Democrat Party right now. So much different from the quote-unquote 60s, 70s, peace, love, and Valveline, where they had that back in the day, right? Which means there's an opportunity, by the way, here for conservatives to where there is a Teachable moment that we have forgotten as Republicans and as conservatives that I think needs to be one of our big messages to new voters, which is that we have peace through strength. The peace through strength. We love peace. Donald Trump was one of the first presidents in how many decades where they didn't start a war, didn't have a conflict. And in fact, Donald Trump pulled out of conflicts. Peace through strength. We want peace. We would love to sit there and sing kumbaya and hold hands and in harmonious uh, joy. We would love that you guys aren't allowing it. We would love to say, you know what? I disagree with you politically. I disagree on where you stand. I disagree on how you view the world. I disagree on the positions that you take, but I still love you as a person because you're a human being and I don't want anything to come uh, come to harm to you or to your family or anybody else. Like, I want that, but yet they won't let us. Now you're not going to walk all over me. We're going to have strength. We're going to have a military to make sure that no one messes with the United States. We're going to have our Second Amendment rights to where no one's going to barge into my home and take advantage of me. We're going to have our voice and freedom of speech to where no one is going to silence me or cower or tell me what I can and cannot say or do or think or feel. So peace through strength, like, don't mess with me, but let's get along. Let's be happy. Let's work together here to try and make society a little bit of a better place. The Democrats have come a long way, and we come a long way, I mean, they've devolved themselves quite a bit from going from the peace and love and let's all get along to now we are the utopian tyrants and we will destroy you if you disagree with anything that we say that is a message that Republicans going into an election season really need to try and focus on in my opinion and we could win over a lot of people a lot of blue collar individuals a lot of people that necessarily don't vote a lot of people that aren't politically engaged or involved and show the Republicans aren't the evil white hate mongers that are just looking out for a war like the George Bush remember the uh, the rage against the machine the different professors during the Bush administration during 9-11. Oh, he's out for a war. He's trying to finish his daddy's work. He's trying to start a new war. He's trying to start a new conflict. It's all for you know greed and so on and so forth. And have we had some of that in, in our party? Sure. But that's not where we're at. That's not what we want to do. We want peace through strength. Let's make sure that we are guarded, that we are strong, that we will always be strong, but let's pray that we never have to use it. It's the Zen of the, the Buddhist monk In China that knows all the karate and the taekwondo and the jujitsu to like kick my butt, but yet they're too smart to actually have to use it unless they absolutely need to. It's the uh, Japanese samurai samurai where they tried to you know, not start a war, but yet they had the talent to defend themselves when it came down to it. That's the mentality we have to have as a nation right now, and that the Republican Party, hint, hint, wink, wink, can actually use this messaging going into election season to completely make the Democrats look foolish and angry and a bunch of hate mongers, which is why their polling numbers are so down. Take advantage of the situation. Let's bring some emotion into the politics like Democrats do oh so well in election time. Michael Beach is joining us when we come back. Stay here on The Voice the of Reason. The
1: Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Talk about a Rage Thursday, man. We've had a lot of different odd stories. We've had, again, uh, I mean, good for him. Sticking out, trying to do something a little bit different. uh, Going into an uncomfortable situation. Rudy Giuliani on The Masked Singer. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together (laughs) for Rudy Giuliani. All right. I broke a
1: thousand hearts. Before I met you,
0: yeah, i done. I'll
1: break Ken a John. thousand done. more, baby, done. before I am through.
0: <laughs> the triggering of the left, Ken Jong not liking that one. Then you had the Pierce Morgan uh, campaign with Trump, like the interview being released of Trump losing his mind.
1: Okay, Piers, I'm ready.
0: A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you, to your face. I think I'm a very Wow, honest, he's in denial, I'm much too. Much more honest you know than that? you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair match. He lost. Only a fool would think You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With Excuse respect. me. Okay, but with respect. The The not the hard energy.
1: Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. This I realize is just I'm a, not very like. Very dishonest.
0: Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Bring Trump. Turn the camera up. Very dishonest. Only. On Talk TV. Only on Talk TV. So uh, they're trying to promote the interview with President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, as like a UFC fight. Trump versus Morgan as they go head to head and they show how delusional Donald Trump is. Then we have this headline from dnyuz.com of apparently a lot of Republicans internally in Congress. Quote, I've had it with this guy. As they're upset about the January 6th stuff, they're upset about him talking about the elections, and uh, many references, according to this, of elected officials within the GOP talking about how they would have encouraged him to step down if he wasn't impeached and how they loved impeaching him and booting him out. This is... The rage Thursday of the left losing their minds, losing control of the situation. The poll numbers going down largely because of, well, you know, an 8.5% inflation rate and uh, an ongoing war and gas prices that are $4, $5, $6 across the country. And, oh, by the way, yeah, uh, COVID stuff that's still going strong in 2022 when they said that the Biden administration would get rid of all of this stuff. I, I know, I know talk about some of that and more. Really happy to have this guy back on. It's been a while since we've chatted with him in our latest What's Trending Today. And he has two books out now regarding this, which means you kind of need to keep on the up and up of what's happening with COVID. Uh, Two books, COVID-19, Lockdowns on Trial, and his new one, COVID-19, The Science Versus the Lockdowns. You can find him online and follow him. It's Michael Beatrice with us here. Michael, how are you, my friend? Hey, how are you, Andy? I am living the dream. It's wild to see just the absolute panic even with this covid stuff we get an announcement earlier this week saying that the airlines you no longer have to wear a mask and the media doesn't run it as you no longer have to wear a mask but mass confusion on planes and in the airports of what to do that's how they try to portray this because heaven forbid we just say you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of a minor thing. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the loudest voice gets, gets the headlines, but I've talked to some people in the airline industry, including pilots and, and flight attendants, and it seemed like an overwhelming response that there was pleasure. In fact, I talked to a flight attendant who uh, was actually making that announcement mid-flight on Monday evening, and apparently there was, you know, might as well have been a rock concert uh, with the cheers. <laughs> Hey, one thing on your your opening uh, comments there. I just saw a thing today, a real clear politics uh, average on favorabilities. And Donald Trump is rating uh, by, you know, in the spread between favorable and unfavorable, markedly higher than Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Kevin McCarthy, Chuck Schumer, or Mitch McConnell. That's hilarious. Somewhat interesting. Now, I do think that someone like... um, Ron DeSantis and a couple other people, and maybe even some dumb governors, would rank have better spreads. But of those people, that's pretty interesting.
0: It is very interesting, which is probably why they're trying to find a way to demonize him. I mean, the ratings for mainstream media going down. Obviously, they because they were up slightly during the Trump administration because all they did was just twenty four seven. Let's hate. Let's let's hate on Trump. The ratings went down, so they have to go back to the old school way that uh, Hollywood knows how to do is let's go back to what works let's hate trump so again that that promo that you heard is hilarious it's, it sounds like a ufc fight like oh donald trump which even in those clips didn't even raise his voice but donald trump becomes unhinged and is deranged and delusional it's hilarious to watch them uh, just squirm
1: yeah i mean the, <clears throat> that kind of media coverage has just been going on for so long it was uh i i didn't i, I saw all the headlines but i didn't watch the two clips so that was kind of interesting to uh your, your bet on that, uh, and, and again, I'm not, I didn't see it, but it, it's just there was so much media manipulation. I tell ya, you, know, Donald Trump's policies, he gave them verbally you know, in terms of his communication style. He, he did give his adversaries a lot to work with. Um, if, if he had you yeah. know, kept it a little bit quiet, the guy would have an 80% approval rating right now given how dismal everything is.
0: That is very true. That is very true. Your comparison is you focused on COVID, especially with COVID, between when it first started and where it is now. We had these new variants. You've written these two books. The handling of the COVID pandemic from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. Your thoughts on the different styles? Obviously, you know, Trump was kind of pushed into doing things that I don't think anybody liked to do and that we didn't want to do. But then the Biden administration seems to just kind of take it to another level, haven't they?
1: So I, th- I think when you really, it, it, you know, the federal government had almost no intervention uh, when Trump was president, almost none. I mean, it was really all the stuff was really state handled. So the CDC had some recommendations, but the, the federal government doesn't have many, many powers. They can do the uh, VAX mandates within limited reaches, which is what they have done and are trying to do and uh, and on uh, international or interstate travel. But the federal government really didn't set any of these guidelines. It's really uh, state and local. Yeah. Uh, and so but one thing that's very interesting, uh, first off, I'm a believer that um, there isn't really much that the Trump administration could have done and there's not much the Biden administration. So I'm not digging on either one in terms of like mitigation policies like they should have done this to be better, uh, other than maybe they should have done less. But one interesting factoid, Average daily deaths uh, under each administration are nearly identical. And the Biden administration had mm-hmm. vaccines the whole time. And so mm-hmm. the point of that isn't to dig on the Biden administration, because I don't I don't believe they could have done any more. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't think there's much you can do. I think it's the takeaway. But it is an interesting point for people to want to say, oh, well, the Trump administration handled so poorly. They, the number of average daily COVID deaths is practically identical. That's identical.
0: interesting. Well, and as you mentioned, it's not even a dig on the administration. I find that almost as more of a dig on the vaccine. The vaccines are out that's supposed to be saving people, yet the daily deaths were average. That you would think would go down for people that may have been exposed or that were concerned about the virus and just ran out and got the vaccine. And when we talk about like herd immunity, but yet if the daily deaths are the same, then that's kind of interesting.
1: It is interesting. And I can I can tell you that it's a little puzzling. And I just saw a study, you know, there's been very, very few Um, randomized clinical trials on anything. No mask trials within the United States commissioned by the CDC or the NIH, nothing. Same with vaccines. But there was a trial done uh, comparing the mRNA vaccines to the J&J and the AstraZeneca, I think is. And uh, so there's two different makeups on them. And the uh, overall all-cause mortality on the mRNAs was twice that. I'm telling you that because Uh, I'm 55. I'm fit. I'm single. uh, I mean, you know, I climb mountains for a hobby. And I would have been an outlier if I had something, uh, if I had a a bad COVID outcome. And I got the J&J shot, having studied all the trial data early on, Mm -hmm. over a year ago. And a lot of people scoffed at that, at the people that took the J&J. The all-cause mortality, meaning deaths from any cause, COVID or something else, were twice as high with the mRNA vaccines. Wow. Twice as high. Wow! So it's uh, there's a lot of interesting takeaways on this, and uh, and hopefully you know over time we'll get a lot more studies and analytics around it.
0: Yeah, I know you and I have talked about this a little bit before. By the way, we're talking with Michael Beatrice. You can find him online on the Tweety at Beatrice underscore Michael, author of two books: COVID nineteen Lockdowns on Trial and COVID nineteen The Science Versus the Lockdowns. We've talked about this before, but the lockdowns and now the repercussions of that, the inflation after spending massive amounts of money for stimulus, the mental health with individuals being isolated with the quote unquote social distancing that we had, the elder individuals that uh, didn't even get to have any physical contact with anybody for so long. Was the lockdowns that we saw for a year and a half, two years, was it worth it? And did we actually save anybody uh, during this process? Did it actually help? And was the benefits worse or better or worse than what the outcome was?
1: So the worth it part is, is a hard no. Uh, that's a hard no. There's there's a very there's really no argument when you look at the, what we call the burden of proof, which is you know kind of comparing uh, states and countries that had tight lockdowns versus looser lockdowns. The highest correlating data to this is really obesity, right? And so um, if you look at the states or countries that were most impacted by COVID, highly correlated to the percentage uh, population percentage of obesity, um, not not highly correlated to um, to the, you know, sort of the lockdown severity of this, uh, nor, nor mask mandates and things like that. So in that sense, I'd say, no, it wasn't worth it. You know, it's a side thing in 2020, we had more in people that were under 65. We had more alcohol related deaths than we did COVID-19 deaths. And it was a huge (laughs) spike, um, year over year from 2019. I mean, so, uh, So, you know, it's an after-action review right now, I mean, at this point, and so hopefully we will never enter into these waters. One thing that's interesting is as the CDC is having the Department of Justice uh, contest the federal judge ruling against mask mandates on airplanes and airports and federal transportation, if they lose that, it will be highly unlikely that the CDC will be able to um, drive a federal mandate in the future. The problem with this, Andy, is that let's suppose we really do have something serious uh, and we really do need some interventions. Let's just say that the public, the trust in public health and the, the uh, governor's and the federal government's ability to implement anything now, because they've overplayed their hands so severely, so deep into this pandemic, yeah. uh, it could have real effects. You know, it's almost like you're crying wolf and you're crying wolf, and then all of a sudden the wolf shows up, and then people aren't going to buy it. And that's a tragedy.
0: Yeah, people aren't going to buy it, and your hands are going to be tied with it. I'm glad you brought that up. we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yeah. Awesome, because I want to talk about the, the mask mandates, going away from the airplanes, from the Ubers, from the Lyfts, and them fighting that one, plus with some vaccine mandates you're trying to ram through. And you're right. We're using all the ammunition For something that doesn't need it Is that going to cause us a bad situation down the road When we actually do need something like that We'll talk about that when we come back Wrapping up the show today for a Thursday on The Voice of Reason Stay here The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. So getting some comments on some of the live feed about, uh, you know, these mandates, you can take them and you know where to put them. And I completely agree. Here's the thing. And I want to clarify with some of the comments we went into the break there. About the government kind of tying its hands for later emergencies, I will, no matter what kind of emergency it is, I have to admit, I will never, ever, 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 ever support the government being able to lock down as a utopian. You're not allowed to go out. You're not allowed to open up your business. You're not allowed to. I don't care if it's a zombie apocalypse. If it's a zombie apocalypse, then obviously we'll use our common sense. The decisions with COVID and the decisions with any emergency, to me, in my humble opinion, should be up to the states and up to the communities based on those local communities because every state is so diverse that they need to make their own decisions. And even then, I don't see where the government can come in and say, hey, your business is non-essential, we're going to shut you down. If there are zombie walking in the street, then I'm assuming that the mom and pop will not be able to open up their shop because they'll too, they're too busy using firearms to eliminate the zombies in their community. Uh, so uh, I, I think what we're talking about here. Is the government having the ability to do really what Donald Trump did? Was try and get resources out at a record pace when it came to Operation uh, to what is it Operation Warp Speed, where they were trying to get resources out there, trying to build ventilators, trying to assist the states in the things that they needed, getting out masks or getting out hand sanitizer, or getting out ventilators, whatever was needed. Did I use any of them? No. Do I like people walking around with masks? No. Did I think that actually stopped anything? No. But if someone wanted to wear them, they could. But the federal government wasn't forcing it then. It was giving the option to do so. And that's really all the federal government should be doing. Michael, am I right here? Am I wrong? I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Because the government shouldn't be mandating that stuff. And I think as we talk about the contrast between the Trump and the Biden administration, Trump was like, hey, let's help the states out with what they need. And Biden's like, hey, let's just mandate everybody to get a vaccine and wear a mask and we'll be fine. Two completely different policy choices here and really the same outcome at the end of the day.
1: Well, uh, yes, same outcome. So I, where I think I part ways a little bit with some people, and this is coming from somebody who's written two books on the harms of the lockdowns and why we had government overreach. Yeah. Uh, but there are scenarios where the stuff could be. Could be valuable if you if it was following the science. And what I go back to is, you know, if you think about two things: one, the movie outbreak, and two, World War II when we had the Defense Production Act, and uh, and we had so many manufacturing businesses convert over to building airplanes and ammunition and things like that. Those were the fictional one in outbreak and the real one in World War II. Those are legitimate scenarios where you could have. Actual government intervention because the data and the circumstances genuinely dictated it. The problem is we knew early on from COVID, uh, and certainly you know people like me did that studied it. You know even before we locked down, kind of what was happening with the cruise ship quarantine. That's what triggered me to write my first book. Yeah, uh, was uh, the data didn't support it. Right, it just wasn't a one-size-fits-all risk. Uh, and it wasn't it's it's really not a material population wide risk I mean if you took people over sixty five and then people under sixty five that were overweight out of the mix, we really didn't have a pandemic at all. Sure, I'm not minimizing that because I lost family members uh, too that fit into those categories, so that doesn't mean that it wasn't real. What it means is was it worth a sweeping sort of one size fits all mitigation, these lockdown measures and masks and things like that, and it wasn't but there are circumstances where that probably could be appropriate like that movie and like what we experienced in World War II. The problem is COVID didn't fit into that. And now if we actually have a real scenario, I think that, you know, you sort of overplay your hand and you blow this. And all of a sudden, if we have a real scenario, it, you know, within the next few you know years, maybe decade or two, I think that the COVID experience is going to going to come back and haunt public officials if we ever get into a real bind
0: yeah well that is true they're going to have their hands tied in many different ways we got just about a minute left here to kind of wrap up but real quickly these mask mandates on the airplanes the 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 government trying to reverse the decision from the judge right now trying to put these back in place again the vaccine mandates that many are trying to still push in the communities i mean where are we right now and do you think the government will be able to reverse that uh, saying that we don't have to wear masks on planes
1: so uh, uh, so the, the Department of Justice, based on the CDC's recommendation, is going to contest that uh, and try to get a stay on that ruling. And uh, and so it depends on what what the higher court is that they appeal to, kind of where that falls. Sure. It's unlikely that that situation is going to hold. The, the, the federal judge ruling from Tampa is probably going to hold that, and it will undermine the CDC and federal government's ability to do a whole lot of anything in the future because Vax mandates and now mask mandates have been struck down.
0: It's gonna be interesting. Michael Beatrice, two books. COVID 19, Lockdowns on Trial. COVID 19, The Science versus the Lockdowns. Michael, you and I need to do some rock climbing one of these days, man. That'd be a lot of fun. I come from Colorado, I so I was, I was used to it. I enjoyed it when I was back there. So I appreciate it, my friend. Let's get you back on the show again soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks, okay. Andy. Always a pleasure, my friend. That does it for us today. Until then, podcast up in a little bit. We're back at it tomorrow to wrap up your week. This is your show. This is the Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.